the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Elsewhere, Paul calls it the foolishness of preaching. It is the way that God uses to call men to call on himself. And that truth is being explored next here on Abounding Grace. When it comes to evangelism, the act of salvation, how is it that God has chosen to deliver his message? That's the question we're answering today here in Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 15. Welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. We're continuing our journey through Romans, and we find ourselves, as mentioned, here in chapter 10. Today's message is really quite fascinating. It's a look at preaching the way God calls men to call on him. And that's what we're looking at. Join us. Here's Pastor Gary in today's Abounding Grace. In the risen Son of God, there is hope. There is help. There is omnipotence for sinners like you and me to save us, to deliver us, to encourage us, and then to walk with us and to fellowship with us. I came across the phrase this week that Paul used in 1 Corinthians 2 where he talks about fellowship with Christ. And this is a very profound idea. And I hope you realize this. I hope you as a Christian know what this is, fellowship and communion with Christ. You know, sometimes we are so prideful and we tell ourselves that we really can't even have communion with other people. There's always a barrier there we sort of put up, or it's just because of our own pride. And so there is a distance. Fellowship is a word that means the barrier has gone down, that there is commonality, a oneness. You see, the preacher in preaching Christ says, listen, it's not just these set of religious dogmas. Believe these things and you're good to go. You've got your get-out-of-hell-free card when you need to use it. No, no, no. Be reconciled to God so that you can have fellowship with God and so that you can walk and talk with Him and have Him help you. And yes, even chasing you when you sin. And beloved, I'd rather be chastened by God than be ignored by Him. Now verse 15. We need these preachers. But how shall they preach except they be sent? This is the fourth question. And it is as important as the other three. The verb here, apostello, is a common enough word for send. Although you would note that that is a word in Greek where we get the word apostle. So there is here clearly the idea of an implied authority, a delegated authority. See, preachers are sent from God to declare his word and his will to us, and we will hear of Christ and not be ignorant. We will know 
where we can have righteousness rather than be at war with God. Our hearts can be subdued to a teachable frame. So the Lord sends preachers to us. Now there's a great danger here, and Jeremiah states it, and we'll look at several verses from there in just a minute, because much damage has been done to the church by those who run unsent. Turn to Jeremiah 14.14 to begin with. Notice how many times the prophet who was dealing with this very thing we are dealing with today says, Oh, we're a church. Why do they say that? Because there's a church site out front. Why am I a preacher? Well, how do you know that? I've got a degree. Or, you know, I just woke up one morning and thought, I want to be a preacher. So here I am. I'm a preacher. Not hardly. There is a commission from God in the absence of which you run into verses like Jeremiah 14, 14. Then the Lord said unto me, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not. Now all the people thought, man, these guys must be from God. They're telling us what we want to hear. Because remember, Jeremiah's day, they were saying Jerusalem's not going to be destroyed, in which it was in 70 AD. So don't listen to Jeremiah. Just throw him in the pit. Just give him bread and water. Those other prophets are really from God. They tell us exactly what we want to hear. But God says, I didn't send them. I didn't command them, neither spake I unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination and a thing of naught and the deceit of their own heart. And that verse is repeated several more times. We'll just look at one from Jeremiah 23, 21. Very similar idea. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesy. So how do you know if I am running unsent or other preachers you know of and appreciate? How do we know? There's one basic rule. We will speak the unfettered word of God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. We know what the word is. It's no mystery because God has given us his word. Now it's written and completed in the canon of the Old and New Testament. So he sends preachers to explain it and to apply it and encourage us to believe it and obey it. Notice how Paul says it in 2 Corinthians 4, 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. I could never imagine Paul preaching a sermon like this. When I was on vacation, and I was on the beach, and I was looking at the sand, and I saw this design in the sand, it reminded me of, you can complete it with what you want to. Paul says, God doesn't send preachers to tell people about their own experiences their own visions, their own fluffy ideas. We have a God who has spoken. 
let me tell you, within the church, and please don't forget this, a high view of the Bible and a high view of preaching goes together. When the Bible is just kind of, you know, it's around, and I, and I like it, and I have several copies of it, and, and I do read it occasionally when I'm sorrowful, but I don't live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Oh, beloved, when the Bible goes down like this, so does preaching, and so does attendance at preaching services. Now, men will go where the love of entertainment grows, Men will go where there are tons of screens because of the flickering images, mesmerize and entertain us. Oh, we love them. But where the love of the Bible, God's holy word dwindles, so does the regard for the preaching of God's word. But where the love of scripture goes up, then we have a need for someone to herald it. This is my life. I need it. I can't hear enough of God's word. The preacher may be weak. He may not sound the best in the world. He may not be the most organized. But I know there the Bible is opened. In whatever particular communion he's in, he opens the word of life. And that, I know, is what I need. That's what a preacher is. They open the word of life to us, and we are fed by them because God has sent them to us. But the important thing to remember in this context is that the preacher that is truly sent of God speaks God's word and therefore speaks with authority. Now they may preach with very little appearance of success. Noah, you know, preached for 110 or 120 years and he didn't get anyone in the boat but seven more people and they were all of his family. Probably hundreds of thousands heard Noah preach during that time, but no one else came. Jeremiah, there's not a record of a single convert the whole time he preached, and yet God holds him up with reverence. Now, sometimes preachers preach with great success. That's Peter and Paul, right? But the point here is that we may not spurn preachers because God has sent them to us to proclaim his word. If God has given us a preacher, we should listen to him as we would listen to Christ himself. And as often as he brings the manna to us. Because we don't need it just once or twice. We need, as Mr. Calvin used to say, we need it every day. So verse 15, as we come to the end here of Romans 10 for today... He says, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written from Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful are the feet of them who preach the gospel of peace. You know, your feet may not be Michelangelo worthy. And I've seen some of your feet and I know some of you don't have beautiful feet. If you've seen mine, you know they are uh, not a thing of beauty either. But you know here, the idea is the approach. Even just the preacher is coming. And God's word is going to be proclaimed to us by him. You, you know, it's funny how Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Now, he did that to show them that they were supposed to humbly love one another like this. Sacrificial, self-denying. But there is also a sense of he 
washed their feet. He bestowed upon them a dignity, just like the woman who washed his feet bestowed upon him a dignity. Lord, you bring the word. We value what you're doing in our lives. So why would Jesus value them so highly? Because they preach the gospel of peace. When I was a teenager, into young manhood, I didn't have a lot of peace. But then God put me under preachers who opened his word to me. Now my heart was divided, very divided. Sports, a certain girl, politics, the world. And there was just a little peace in me. Then I'd sin and go through seasons of guilt. And I would try some personal amendments that really gave me no peace. And I know some of you are probably like this. Some of you young people may be like this now. The world's pulling on you. And you're having a hard time trying to resist it. And maybe you're running into conflict with your parents. And when you run into other Christians, professing Christians who live loosely, and they are nice, and you think not all other young people take things as seriously as my mom and my dad do, they're really looser over here, but they're Christians, and they're really, really nice. But if you look closely, there is no real peace there. You see, this is the age in which we lived, but I lived in that age too. And my heart was like turbulent water. But the preacher comes to us, verse 15, and he says, Let me tell you where peace is. Peace is in and through Jesus Christ. He is the only one who has the key that unlocks the rusty, sin-frozen lock of guilty conscience. Because he bore the chastisement of our peace on the cross. He satisfied God's judgment. And when we look to Him and call upon His name, He puts that gospel key in, the, in, the, in and click goes the lock and it's opened and our guilt just melts away. Why? Because of what He did on the cross 2,000 years ago is applied to us. It was a blood atonement. Instead of my blood being required, the precious blood of Christ has been shed for me. And now I'm cleansed and I'm forgiven. Oh, there is great peace with God. There is also, of course, peace in life. Because if I am at peace with God, then I, I don't want the world really so much. Oh, I'm not perfect. I still struggle with things. I see in me like Paul did, and he saw it more clearly than I do, that in me no good thing dwells. I'm sure if you've been a Christian for 50 years that you would, that would be one of your testimonies today. Yes, the more I walk with the Lord, the more I feel in myself a lot of filth and a lot of corruption compared to my Savior. So where do we go for peace? Right back to Jesus. Right back to his sufferings. Right back to his cross. Now these things are glad tidings I dare say that there have been times in the 18 years that I've been preaching to you that I have made you unnecessarily 
sad. I know I have. And I ask for your forgiveness. But you know, not all sad preaching should be repented of. Paul told the Corinthians at some level, I'm sorry I made you sad, but I'm really not. Because your sorrow led to your repentance. And we live in a particular day like our day. When we see a lot of worldliness in the church, is it going to be all sweetness and light for us? Well, why does God give us stern warnings? Why do your parents give your children stern warnings? Is it because you're just mean and you want to make their lives miserable? Of course not. It is because you want them to have joy again. And you know the way to have joy again is to turn from the sin and to walk with God. So sometimes these glad tidings require a little bit of brokenness first. Did Jesus say, blessed are those who are happy and giddy, for with them life is always sunshine? No. He said, blessed are those who weep, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. Why? Because until we are broken over our sins, we will not repent. Until we realize God will forgive us. He will cleanse us. He'll wash all of our sins away. So these are the good tidings of peace. Do you know peace today? Gospel gladness. Who wants it? I do. We have gospel gladness when we close with Jesus Christ. You know, businessmen, you close a deal and you're overwhelmed with gladness when the money crosses over the table or the contract. But you had to close the deal. I want the gospel gladness and so must you, but you've got to close with Christ. You've got to cling to His. You've got to cling to Him. He's got the only righteousness. As long as I try in my own strength to get to God and to get God to look at me and be happy with me and have peace with me, it will never happen. But then the Son of God comes and He obeys for us. And suffered for us on the cross. So we can have peace. And have joy in him. So the real world can ridicule. And it does ridicule preaching. Hellfire and damnation. It ridicules all of that. Sometimes our hearts are so down. There's just no joy. Where do we go to overcome the ridicule? Where do we go to endure this? Where do we go to find joy? We go to the good news of Christ crucified, Christ risen. I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed. I could have had a very bad week last week. And yet this morning, his resurrection morning, the Lord Jesus said, come to me and I'll cleanse you. I will give you joy again. And I'll give you my spirit so that next week you can begin with me a little bit more and have more fellowship with me. That's the good news the preacher gives. Pray for this preacher. Pray for all the preachers in our Hanover Presbytery. Pray that we will take our definition of preaching from not from the world or the marketeers, but we will get our definition of preaching from God's holy word alone. Preachers are crusaders to give us the good news, the glad tidings of the gospel of peace. Now, one last word today. If you are sad, 
if you are disturbed. If you look a little bit into your soul and you don't see peace and quiet, you, you know, we act like we're big mysteries and no one can understand me. I'm alone in my own emotional island. I'm alone in my own circumstances. I'm just me, the rugged American. I'm just going to find my own way through the storms. That's not a very fulfilling way to live. And it won't be very helpful to you, beloved, when you stand before God. Let me encourage you that all sadness ultimately comes down to sin. If you trace the maze, all of our sadness, all our disturbances, death, disease, financial loss, rebellion, it all comes down to sin. So if we want peace and joy again, we've got to take our eyes off our circumstances. We have to forsake our sins, and we have to go back to the one who said, I am risen just as I said. All power, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. I can make you glad. I can make you joyful. I can give you peace. Forsake yourself. Pick up the cross. Forsake your sins. Forsake the world. Come to me, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and you will find peace and joy unto your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is what the preacher, Jesus Christ, preached to us and he is alive today to give us the same message now you might say well I've been trying that because you've been telling me that over and over and over but Pastor Gary it hasn't worked hmm it hasn't worked I can personally say that I have never known a time in my life where it hasn't worked for me I mean if the criteria is does it work which I don't think is the right criteria, but it is the criteria. It has worked for me every time. But my definition, does it work, may be different from your definition of does it work. You see, my definition is God doesn't need to fix my problems. God doesn't need to make my husband better. God doesn't reign to make my wife stop nagging me. God lives and reigns to change me and to shut my mouth and to just get me to trust him and say, Lord, you are my life. Do what you will with me. I'm yours. Do with me what you will. I promise you, if you come to the Lord like that, it works every time. Why? Verse 13, we have the promise of the Most High God. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord like that, without putting in demands upon him, not telling him who he, what he must do for me to believe in him, not making deals with him, instead saying, you are my only Savior. There is no other. And whoever calls upon your name will be saved. Call upon him. He has invited you here today through this poor sinner, to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. So I'm going to warn you. Because I must take my office seriously. If you don't call upon the name of the Lord this day. You have not listened to God. Because he sent you a preacher. As feeble as he is. So that you would call upon his name and believe in him. So if this week is terrible. If you die this week and go to hell. 
or if someone, something else happens bad to you, don't blame me. Because I warned you. Call upon the name of the Lord. His heart is open. His arms are open. He will receive you. He sent you a preacher. And Jesus said, Preacher, he who hears you, hears me. So hear the voice of Christ. And please, please, please call upon him. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408 866-5607. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.